This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented by our new YouTube page, which I guess isn't all that new anymore. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I love giving cameo style shout outs. Love, by the way, all the people that I think discover the show via our YouTube page because they're going on a YouTube search for certain prospects and boom, our video with Emery talking about the prospect pops up. That Emery I'm speaking of, he's Emery Hunt. He's a rock star at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan on YouTube. we got a hugely successful YouTube channel. I mentioned that his Twitter, he's all over the place now. You can check him out. Uh, as I mentioned, Football Game Plan. The key, though, it'll be here before you know it. FootballGamePlan.com slash 2021 Draft Guide. Emery, good morning. Can't wait to get my hands on that thing. Yeah, good morning, Ross. And just to let the folks know, I've graded quarterbacks. 22 quarterbacks have been graded. 52 running backs have been graded. So we're working our way through the list. It'll be out ahead of schedule because normally I'm down at the Senior Bowl and don't get to uh, you know start my full grading process until the first week of February. But already two positions done. And we're just rolling right along. So I think you're probably like me, Emery. And I didn't even mention, uh, I think most of you know this, but I'm, hi, I'm Ross Tucker. Um, (laughs) At Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, all of our shows, we post the highlight clips to at Ross Tucker pod on both Twitter and Instagram. So please check those out. I think you're like me, Emery. I'm going to guess. And that you like the variety, right? Like, you like doing the draft stuff. You like doing sort of the betting stuff. You like calling games. You like all those things. Is there is there like if you had to rank those, or is there a hierarchy to what you like the most or the least amongst those things? That's a great question, man. Because, um, like you, I do love the fact that you you're able to you know dabble in everything. Um, but for me, if I had to rank them, it would probably be calling games that has just become fun you know that you call games as well um and that allows you to to have your personality show out in front of the nation uh second would be grading prospects and and talking about the draft um and third would be everything else you know whether it's you know uh predicting games analyzing games betting game betting on games all that stuff like that betting is still fairly new to me um because i had no idea how to do that or you know didn't even do it um so it probably will rank last because it's the newest thing but you know the breaking down college football and pro games uh uh, interviewing coaches and players is also is up there as well too so but first would be broadcasting games or calling games because those are just 
it's fun to be in. It, it's the closest thing you can get to being uh, back on the field as a player or as a coach. Yeah, definitely calling games is number one for me because you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, there's always new – it's almost like a snowflake. No game is the same, right? So you never know what's going to happen. And you get to kind of teach a little bit, teach the game to people that are watching or listening. Um, there's, you know, game situations. That's definitely number one for me. I kind of like the betting stuff now just because it makes it more interesting and it makes me like competitive. Like I want, you know, like we'll talk about on the even money podcast today, but I had the bucks getting the points and I mean, I don't really care ultimately who wins, but you know, on the even money podcast, I said, take the bucks and the three and a half points. So I want to, I want to win as many units as possible because I know my listeners are, are a lot of them are, are following my bet. So I want to be up, 25 units or whatever it is at the end of the season. You, you know what's um, good about that, though? Just to, just to tag on to your point, um, I'm like you in that regard. It, you know, I don't – like people say, oh, you're, you're rooting for the team. Like, I'm not rooting for any team. I'm rooting to be right, you know, because I want my record to be right. So I can say, beat me last. And can say, listen, I was the number one in sports betting in this thing, and I don't care who wins or loses. I just want to be right. Totally agree. Um and then everything else for me. But I, I, I enjoy the other stuff. Like, I enjoy the podcast. I enjoy doing radio station interviews. Like, I, I enjoy the other stuff as well. Um, so, it's interesting. Uh, today's Ross Tucker football podcast, I spoke with Albert Breer. That everybody can check out. He's down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And he made a really interesting point, Emery, which is that He's really there to write a story for Sports Illustrated about the fact that, you know, the Senior Bowl is really the first all-star game that they've had in the pandemic, which you'd sit there and you'd think all-star game is a terrible idea. Like, get all these people from all over all over the country and fly them in together to one place. But they haven't had, like, other all-star games and stuff. But as we talked about, it's not just an all-star game. Like, it's a job interview, and for these guys that are down in Mobile, Alabama this week, Emory, it's the most important job interview of their lives. It, it really is. And just to throw a little correction there for Albert Breer, you know, and that's the, the thing when you see with, you know, major national media, he missed two All-Star games that happened already, the Tropical Bowl and the College Gridiron Showcase. So those guys, like you said, it's weird to see because they're traveling in from all different spots and places, the Tropical Bowl, took place in Orlando, and the College Gridiron Showcase took place in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, usually I'm at both of those games. I'm usually calling broadcast the Tropical Bowl, but, you know, obviously pandemic happened. So, um, but those two are also games have gone on without a hitch. And, you know, College Gridiron Showcase reported they had no positive tests with 300-plus athletes that were in attendance last week in Fort Worth, Texas. So it'll be interesting to see. I know the Senior Bowl has a much uh, stringent uh, – it, you know, policy as far as testing is concerned. So I don't expect to see any positive tests coming from the Senior Bowl. But but Albert is right. The fact that you have all of these different guys and personnel coming from everywhere, it reminds me of the Combine last year when we were in the pandemic but didn't know much about it, and we were all out there in Indy for a full week. So I think what they're doing is is solid as far as how they had the media set up. You don't see the weigh-in. You don't see the uh, uh, media day. They canceled that. 
Um, they're limiting, you know, stadium access. You can't walk around the field like you normally would have been able to do in a, in a regular season or regular year. And also now with it being at South Alabama's campus, if it's inclement weather, which we expect this week, they're moving it to their indoor facility, which has limited space for media. So they won't have media at the indoor facility. It'll just be pro personnel teams. Interesting. Um, all right, let's dive into some of these players, Emery. And uh, the first one on here, I am really curious to get your breakdown of him. I called his game against Rice a year ago. He opted out this year. And that is quarterback Jamie Newman, who you list as Wake Forest, which I guess is correct, but he had also transferred to Georgia, but then never played for him. Uh, let's just start with this. What do you think of Jamie Newman as a prospect? I, I like Jamie Newman as a prospect, and I, I really want to know what happened at Georgia that caused him to opt out because that was what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him in an in a system that was not Wake Forest. You called this game. You saw how they slow walked that zone read. It was so weird to watch him do that and, and at, at that quarterback position. And I wanted to see him become more of uh, not just a, a you know a, a bruising runner, but you want to see the growth in the passing aspect. So you don't really know what to expect. So that's why this week is important for him to really showcase that skill set, that that growth and development in the passing game that we didn't get a chance to see this year. So there's some questions surrounding him, but you like the fact that he has the it factor. I, I always go back to the North Carolina State game that he played where he had to come in and lead Wake Forest back in that game and ultimately lead them to victory against NC State, and he took over the rest of the season. So I like the fact that he's not afraid of pressure. He's not afraid of the moment. You just want to see what growth he can make in the passing game because the deep ball is there, but it's everything else. Like, okay, can he take some of the RPMs off the football uh, when he's throwing short and underneath? But going deep down the field, he has tremendous deep ball accuracy, but we won't see the growth in his – game or development in this game until this week at the senior bowl so he first of all he's very physically imposing he's very impressive physically i mean he looks the part because i met with him and he he physically looks the part that's number one number two uh he's got a really strong arm he runs well i mean he's got a lot of the physical tools you'd be looking for I, I guess I was a little surprised that he transferred to Georgia, but then I thought, okay, he wants to try to win the national championship or whatever, right? Like, you know, play for a top five program. Wake Forest isn't quite at that level. So I was a little bit surprised, but okay. But then when he opted out, I didn't know if it was a COVID thing or he felt like he was already a, a highly enough rated prospect or he felt like JT Daniels, beat him out or was going to beat him out. I, I was thoroughly confused. And I still am. Yeah. And that's the question that, that if I'm a pro scout, I'm going to ask, you know, what happened at Georgia? Because it was tailor made for you to really step in and thrive. And we saw how that offense struggled until JT Daniels got healthy and was able to step in and, and help balance that offense out. They really struggled offensively because they just assumed that they were going to have Jamie Newman starting at quarterback for Georgia. So, to me, that's the biggest question. If it's COVID, I understand. But, man, you went through the whole, you know, preseason camp and decided that you are going to opt out 
about two weeks before the season started, and it, it just didn't make any sense from an outside perspective. I, I, I didn't understand that at all. Um, let's get to – now, This is you don't see this very often. Running back wide receiver, Demetric Felton from UCLA. You have him listed as running back wide receiver. And this is the reason why you love these all-star games, because he was a running back – as you know, at UCLA, but he's going to also work out at wide receiver this week in Mobile. He has good skill set as far as being able to catch the football and, and make things happen after the catch. He has, you know, he, he'll he be a core special teamer. Um, and it's funny because I had in my preseason notes that this guy plays the running back position like a wide receiver would play the running back position. You know, so it's almost like, he plays it almost as if, you know, he's not a natural running back. Like he's more of a receiver playing running back as opposed to a running back playing running back. Um, so I'm not shocked to see him get workouts as a wide receiver here, but it also speaks to his versatility. And we know this, um, this is even true on a collegiate level. The more you can do, the better chances you have to see the field and stay on the field. So if you can double as a running back and receiver, number one, it keeps you, uh, balanced offensively as far as personnel is concerned. They can't get a key on, okay, well, he's in the game, so they're about to throw the football. Now nah, he can also tote the rock too. Uh, and it also just helps you out from a matchup perspective as far as, okay, if he's in there in the backfield, where is the optimal matchup that we can take advantage of? Do they have their speed packaging? If so, we just hand them the football. They have their slow packaging. We're going to put them out in motion and see who walks out there with them and take advantage of that matchup as well. A guy that is uh, was fun to watch this year at times for Florida, wide receiver Trayvon Grimes is at the Senior Bowl as well, Emery. Folks, I tweeted this out last week about Kyle Pitts. Like, if you like him at tight end, he's Randy McMichael. If you like him at wide receiver, he's Plexico Burris. Um, it seems like a lot of people online want to move him to wide receiver. And I'm like, well, why move him to wide receiver when you got a chance to see a wide receiver in Trayvon Grimes you know, do what you're expecting Pitts to do at wide receiver. Why not just take the guy that's more polished at that position as opposed to trying to move someone to wide receiver, whether you think he can play that or not. So Grimes, you know, he's finally healthy. Uh, you go back and watch him at high school. He was outstanding. Good friend of mine, Brandon Howard, covered him down in, in, uh, at the Miami Herald or at the Miami Sentinel or whatever it's called down there. But the newspaper in Florida covered his high school uh, career and he was tremendous great athlete finally healthy now and we saw him blossom this year he's a big guy could be this year's version of Colin Johnson that we saw at Texas and uh, you know he went down to the senior bowl last year had a really good week so did Chase Claypool had a good week those big wide receivers have a chance to thrive especially in one-on-one so I expect Grimes stock to shoot up uh, this week with what he's going to do out there in Mobile. Now we get to uh, a couple of edge defenders, Emery, one of which is Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. Lengthy and athletic. And you talk about, you know, a player that's, you know, finding the quarterback. That's what he does really well. That's his expertise. Um, but I also like the fact that he's coming from a conference in the Missouri Valley Conference, which is pound for pound, arguably the toughest in the FCS. Shout out to the CAA guys with Villanova and Maine and all those guys. That's, a, that's their 1A or 1B. 
But the Missouri Valley Conference with North Dakota State, South Dakota State, uh, Northern Iowa, Youngstown State, you're getting good point of attack play. Illinois State, uh, we see a lot of backs and linemen come from their program as well. But Ellerson Smith was dominant in that conference. So that tells you he's going to project really well to the pro level. And what we're going to find out this week is whether or not he's your standard um, 4-3 in or can you trust him as a stand-up edge rusher and trust him dropping back in coverage and all the things you're going to put him through during the drills. But he's a great talent coming from a great conference. So he's battle-tested. And this week won't be big for him, even though he's coming from the FCS. Um, another edge guy, and by the way, the Missouri Valley is no joke. I mean, those teams you named, th- those are legit, legit teams. Uh, another edge guy is a guy I'm very familiar with. I've watched him for four years in a row now. That's Shaka Tony from Penn State. You know what I like about Tony and why I want to talk about him um, is because we know guys like Tony thrive in, in all-star games because we know must-see TV is one-on-ones, whether it's wide receivers versus DBs, O-line versus D-line. And we know Tony has the quickness, the burst. He's not the tallest, so he's going to be a problem for these offensive tackles to block one-on-ones. So you're going to see a lot of wins for him in these one-on-ones. I know you hate one-on-ones, Ross, as a former offensive lineman because it's heavily tilted toward the defensive side of the ball. Um, Just like for the offensive guy, it's the wide receivers one-on-ones that we love because it's heavily favored the offense in that one. But you're going to see a lot of Shaka Tony talk this week, and, and rightfully so because he had a solid career at Penn State. I was at that Maryland game last year, and people were telling me about your tour gross mottos uh, um, when I was out there. But I went to the game and, and found myself enjoying Shaka Tony and Cam Brown, uh, the linebacker that now plays for the New York Giants. So I think Tony has good game. And he's going to showcase that, especially in those one-on-one drills. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He would have a game or two every year where he would really flash. And I do think he got better during his career at Penn State. But I guess I kept kind of the last couple of years thought, you know, he had some really good games as a redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore. So I guess I kind of thought, the last two years he would do more, you know, like I I never, he never took the step from mid round pick to being like a a first or second round pick. He never took that, that next step, if you will, despite always having either Etor Gross Matos or this year, Jason Oway across from him. Speaking of football, by the way, how about this? DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55 is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. Free instant prize. And this is the regular DraftKings app, not the Sportsbook app. Regular DraftKings app. I think everybody can get it. Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code ROSS to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Use promo code ROSS now. Enter the the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge 
only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So we also want to talk about a few guys at the Hula Bowl. You almost forget the Hula Bowl is going on this week, uh, Emery. Where, where is it? It's in uh, Hawaii. It's at uh, Aloha Stadium. Uh, it just came. Remember, we grew up knowing the Hula Bowl uh, was right there with the East-West Shrine game. Um, but it, it went dormant since 2000, I believe, 8 and, or 7 or something like that. And it just came back last year. So this is the second year uh, back, you know, but it's been around since 1946. So, um, yeah, it's going on this week, and it, it, this is the second year of its return. So I guess I would wonder, why don't they do it next week? You're like the week prior, or a week that's not the senior bowl when so many of the scouts are there, you know? Exactly. That I feel the same way about the NFLPA game. Why are you trying to compete with the East-West Shrine game? It's not the fact that you're competing with the game. You're competing with Florida. California versus Florida. Everyone would choose Florida 15 times out of 10. So, you know, I feel the same way. with. I'm right there with you with the Hula Bowl. At, at least play it earlier or later. So let's start with a couple linebackers because I do recognize some of the names that are playing in this game. And we'll start with my guy, Johnny Nation, John Radigan from Army, who never played until this year. Then he had a great year. Yeah, and we talked about him all throughout the season on this podcast about how good he is on both ends of defense. And, you know, it, I think people that will tune into this game will be impressed with how well he does in coverage. And I think people just assume that, you know, Army option football, so he's probably a great run defender. Yeah, but you underestimate the fact that this guy and a lot of guys that come from that team, they play really good pass defense. And he is solid in the short area zone and, and definitely knows how to get his hands on the football. So I'm a big fan of his, and I'm excited to see him get out there and compete in an all-star game setting. Yeah, he's got really good instincts when it comes to zone drops and, and in the passing game. How about uh, – I, I did a couple of this guy's games, at least one, Tavante Beckett from Marshall. And I've said this before. He, to me, was this year's version of, um, you know, the linebacker, Akeem Davis-Gaither uh, from App State that now plays for the Cincinnati Bengals in, in the sense that, you know, he doesn't look like a linebacker, but he, you know, damn sure hits like one and makes plays like one. Uh, he's about 5'11", 210, so he's probably more along the lines of your strong safety type. But in this day and age of, of spread offense, you're going to play nickel linebacker most of the time in, in, in a game, so he can fit that mold. And plus, he has experience now from playing linebacker of being able to have those physical discussions with offensive linemen on a down-to-down basis, so he's not surprised by you know guards coming at him or he knows how to slip those blocks and make plays. I like his instincts on both sides of, of uh, you know, defense and run game and, and dropping in pass coverage. And he's a really good blitzer too. So good all around game. I'm surprised he's not in a bigger all-star game. Yeah, he can, he's a run and hit guy for sure. Um, a wide receiver who caught your attention is Donnie Corley from Texas Southern. He's a big, smooth, tall wide receiver, you know, and he was at the tropical bowl, uh, earlier this month and, and was able to showcase out there very well. Um, he's a stack and track guy, so he's going to get behind a defensive back and track the football really well. He plays it at his highest point. And, you know, he was one of the lone bright spots at Texas Southern on, on offense. You know, they had 
good running back. That's an underclassman. Um, but their offense was kind of inconsistent, but they knew they can go to him in the crucial situation and he was going to go out there and, and make the play happen. So um, got a chance to see him last week at the Tropical Bowl uh, and, and look forward to see what he can do now to stack solid performances uh, in, in subsequent uh, all-star games. So you you love, like, I feel like you know more about the other leagues and the other bowl games than any other draft analyst out there. You love, you love the under the radar guys. You love the smaller school guys. You love the secondary all-star games. What, why are you so passionate about that? Because, and you know this, cause you played, you know, at, at Princeton, but you know that there are guys that you play with or against that are legit pro talent, but because it's not a bigger school, you know, they don't get that same pub. I feel like everybody can go to the senior bowl and say, oh, yeah, this guy's a top talent. Well, duh, he's at the senior bowl. Yeah, of course, that's the easy thing. But if you want to, you know, cut your chops as a scout, as a draft analyst, you got to be able to go to places that you're unfamiliar with and spot the talent. So prime example, when I'm at an all-star game and I'm saying, wow, this dude looks legit. And into your eyes, you've seen what top talent looks like. And so you cover the NFL, you see what works at the NFL level. So I could sit at the tropical bowl and watch a Chris Westry of Kentucky, you know, coming from a P five school, but he's playing in the tropical bowl. I could see a guy at six, four one ninety five at corner and say, you know what? This length works at the next level. And he's playing solid. He could be a combo guy. And you start to envision what, what it looks like. You can go to a college gridiron showcase and watch um, a Jonathan Hilleman. And, like, you know, his burst in, in speed is ridiculous. Despite him not having the gaudy statistics at Rutgers or at Boston College, he finds himself on an NFL roster because of what you saw at the College Ground Showcase, and now you see him playing with the Giants and had a, you know, got a start with the Giants. or got some reps in the live game and, and you know, on, on the 53. So, you know, when you go to these other all-star games as a draft evaluator, these smaller all-star games and spot guys that end up making your roster and also having an impact on the roster, it, it kind of it shows you that you're not crazy. It shows you that you know what you're looking at and you know what to look for because anybody can go and say, oh, yeah, Justin Fields is a top talent. Oh, wow, Mac Jones, really good quarterback. He's my top. He's, he's my top quarterback in his class. So Trevor Lawrence, wow, he's a top quarterback ever graded. Like, bro, that's easy. You know, like, go and scout something and find the talent. Go to a Division three game or NAIA game and find out who can play at the pro level. Then we can talk about being a draft evaluator. Last guy, uh, DB, EJ, EJ Muhammad from Nevada. Slot corner. And the reason why I chose him because teams try to – offensive teams try to get slick. You know, we know we grew up when, when if you were five, ten, and under, you're playing in the slot as a receiver, right? Now they saw teams match that up and be able to mirror and match with those guys. So, that, all right, we're going to put big guys in the slot now. I think Mark Borichter was one of the first big slot guys that no one gives credit to for being a big slot and kind of, you know, bringing that to the forefront when he was with the Chiefs. So now you have to match up with big guys. So at 5'11", 195, you know, E.J. Muhammad is a bigger slot corner, not the not a tall guy, but he's a bigger guy at 5'11", 195. So he can hold his own versus the run. He's a good alley defender. 
and has the athleticism to match up in a slot as well. So he can get out quickly on those, uh, let's say in your standard, let's cover three type buzz where he's buzzing underneath the, the flat. He can get there quickly. He can carry down the seam. He can also blitz off the corner and come down the edge. So good all around game uh, and fits the mold of what you're wanting now as a bigger inside corner. This is awesome. Five guys from the Senior Bowl, four guys from the Hula Bowl. I got notes written down on Jamie Newman, Kyle Pitts. We didn't even ask you about Kyle Pitts, and I got a note written down about Kyle Pitts and the Randy McMichael, Plexico Burris comparison. And then love what you said about the quote-unquote secondary All-Star games. Please check out my man Emery at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan on YouTube is excellent. And then footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. It will be here before you know it. You will be very glad that you got it, just like I am. Absolutely awesome. Please check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.